Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Justin News. Yes, yesterday I told you there might be a new Hunter Biden story coming out of Justin News, and today we delivered it. What is that news? Well, we're going to tell you in a second. First, let me tell you who the guests are today. Claudia Tenney, the congresswoman from New York, is joining us. She's been a favorite of our show. Always brings some news. She is now co-chairwoman of the uh, House Election Integrity Caucus working on efforts to bring safer elections where people can vote more easily and have a harder time cheating. And she's got her eyes on that big subject that we wrote a lot about here at Just the News, the Zuckerberg dollars. Yep, that's right, the Zuckerberg dollars. Remember the $350 million injection of money that went not to candidates or PACs or parties or political action committees, they went to the election referees. If we paid $350 million to the football referees, we'd all be suspicious, right, in the NFL? Well, she wants to outlaw this practice in every state where it happened. We're going to talk to her about what she has found and what's ahead in the battle for safer elections, but easier voting, harder cheating. All right, before we get to Congresswoman Tenney, let me give you a quick update on the Hunter Biden story. So let's take everybody back to the summer of 2015 when I, as the editor of the Washington Times, started to write a series of stories about some private emails that Hillary Clinton had while she was Secretary of State. That led to the discovery of the server, an Inspector General's investigation, an FBI investigation, the famous James Comey moment where he said, I think she committed a crime, but I'm not going to charge her. Uh, well, uh, it is now been confirmed that Joe Biden, when he was vice president, right alongside Hillary Clinton as Secretary of State, Barack Obama as president, he too had a private email account. And he used that private email account, robinware456 at gmail.com. He used that email account to provide information from his State Department, the Obama State Department, to his son, Hunter Biden. That's right. You heard me right. It was a backdoor communication system by which he transmitted information from the State Department. Let me give you the episode. There is a gentleman, an American citizen, who's been held prisoner in Turkey over a dispute over a product he bought. Uh, he's wrongly imprisoned. The State Department embassy, the U.S. embassy in Istanbul, they inform the State Department in Washington that the man's lawyer has arranged for the guy's release. This American's going to get freed. It's not public. It's still at a very 
tender moment in the negotiations. And the embassy does exactly what the embassy should do. Send it to State Department headquarters to the supervisors for the turkey desk at the State Department. And then the State Department forwards it to the vice president's inner office team using government email, secure government email, because the vice president is in charge of most foreign policy under Barack Obama. Barack Obama delegated a lot of foreign policy to Joe Biden. And then Joe Biden's staff at the vice president sends it to his private email address. And then from his private email address, this very sensitive communication from the U.S. Embassy in Turkey, Joe Biden sends it to his son, Hunter, who had an interest in the case. Now, lots of implications here. The existence of the private email. We are trying to find out whether Joe Biden preserved all government records that he ran through his private email. This was clearly a communique to him as vice president from the State Department, but it didn't go to his official email. It went to his private email. That should be preserved as a federal record under the Federal Records Act. We are trying to find out from the National Archives, did he comply with the law? Did he violate the law? Did the National Archives even know that Joe Biden had a private email account like Hillary Clinton? All right, that's the first thing. The second thing is, let's go back to the narrative of 2020, 2019, and 2020, when I first broke some of the early stories about Joe Biden and Burisma and Ukraine and, and his son and China. You know the whole story now. We've covered it well. Joe Biden has consistently said, I didn't do anything to help my son. Well, forwarding valuable information from the U.S. State Department would clearly help his son, particularly on something he was interested in. Now, remember what Hunter Biden said. I never asked my dad for any favors, right? That's the flip side of this. Well, we now know that Hunter Biden had his business partners in Mexico, Ukraine, and China. Three separate countries meet, at least briefly, with his dad, the VP. So that story doesn't hold up. But in these emails, in these exchanges that go to robinware456 at Gmail, we learn something else. Hunter Biden sent a request to his father asking that somebody be appointed a detailee at the Treasury Department. Treasury Department's a good place to have a friend if you're Hunter Biden, you do a lot of international work, you might want your friend inside the State Department. He makes this request and his dad replies back in the private email. Now remember, this is government business. They're talking about hiring somebody, detailing someone. Well, he writes back on his private email what, what went on. And it's just a remarkable, remarkable turn of events that this would uh, occur on a private email system. Hunter Biden did ask his father of a favor of a government nature. Joe Biden did have a private email account. Joe Biden did forward government information to his son. Those are three now indisputable facts. And the story that we got in 2019, 2020 from the Biden team does not hold up. Like so many other aspects of it, this part falls through again. If you want to see the emails, hold them in your hands, read them yourself. Don't take my word for it. Go to justinnews.com, click on my story, and hit the dig in button. When you're there, you'll be able to read the documents, see what they say, and make up your own mind about these issues. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Congresswoman Claudia Tenney from the great state of New York will be joining us. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, one of my favorite guests when she comes on the show, Congresswoman Claudia Tenney from the great state of New York. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be on your show. Like You're one of my favorite uh, podcasts and one of my favorite Aww. people to follow on Twitter. Thank you so much. Well, I really, I really appreciate that. And every time you come, you bring news and you bring perspective that the American people are craving from Washington because they see so much silliness. But you've been trying to solve some of that silliness. You cr- you're the co-chair of the House Election Integrity Caucus, and you're beginning to dig into the issues that have shaken Americans' confidence in their election system. Uh, and there's so much that's been coming out. You know, it comes out incrementally, and sometimes it, it's hard to appreciate how much the story has changed. But Mark Zuckerberg, his dollars, what he did in the Wisconsin election to set aside the Brown County and City of Green Bay clerks and basically commandeer the election in a big part of Wisconsin what uh, what with all the new revelations, what do you think about that? And is there a possibility that this will be outlawed in the future? Well, we are putting a bill in, obviously, to outlaw what we call Zuckerbucks. That's the money that's coming. Big tech billionaires like Mark Zuckerberg. So Mark Zuckerberg took three hundred and fifty million dollars. He's the big Facebook guy. Put that money into a private not for profit. So we funneled it through this not for profit that looked innocuous enough. Uh, you know, the Center for Tech and, uh, and, and Innovation life, right? and yeah. then uh, uh, Civic Life. Sounds it sounds very, very, uh, you know, nondescript. Who, what could, who couldn't be right. for that? Right. And 100 percent of that money was supposed to be spent on assisting election districts through the pandemic on dealing with their PPE. And guess what they did? Ninety nine percent went to what we call electioneering or similar to electioneering. That's using that money to spend on designing ballots, vote harvesting, paying election officials, getting cars, helping with the you know purchase and, and bring motor homes into districts to pick up ballots, to get the Dropbox uh, items going. I'm sure that money from Zuckerbucks, which we're trying to determine, Wisconsin, as you mentioned earlier, got into this and actually forced them to turn that over. Yeah. They had this thing called democracy in the park, which was basically a vote harvesting. That's scheme. what it was. And so they used this money, you know, to influence. And interestingly enough, 92% of the money that was spent went to Democrat leaning election districts. And so even in my district, we had Zuckerbucks that came in and they were all in Democrat districts. And interesting in the four areas where Zuckerbucks were spent, I actually lost those districts. They were heavy Dem districts, but why weren't they, if they were well-intentioned, why didn't the Republican-leading districts have assistance the same with amount PPE, of money? which yeah. was the mission? Yeah, such a great point. I mean, the, the potential that this created an unequal system for election voting and vote counting is, is pretty clear. And, you know, we, were, we filed FOIAs at Just the News and got, you know, maybe eight or ten cities now we've been able to get the returns on. And you see that there are, there's a specific mandate of you have to turn out this much vote. You have to target African-American or in Wisconsin, it was the Hmong, Asian, Laotian um, uh, uh, immigrants. They had specific demographics, specific Democratic looking demographics that they were targeting. And this essentially was a giant $350 million campaign contribution to the Democrats from people I talked to. Do you you agree with that? Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I want to just say something about Wisconsin, too. So when you talk about that, where they're targeting these populations, it mostly went to large cities. So again, it's Democrat, yep. uh, Democrat districts. So that's really concerns me that this is really a biased operation. Again, we're getting into vote harvesting. We're getting into private money being used to influence elections. And there were even raises given. 
And I have to give credit to Wisconsin for actually demanding through freedom of information request the information to you and other organizations that are actually doing investigative journalism on what's going on. You know, we want every legal voter to vote. I would be so thrilled if every citizen who had the opportunity to vote voted. And we want to make voting easy. You've heard this, you know, you see here a lot of politicians say we want it to be easier to vote and harder to cheat. But it is really true. We want to make sure that there is integrity and that sacred right to vote is protected. And that's why influence coming from outside groups, particularly left-leaning groups, is, you know, there's no, doesn't seem to be a lot of discussion on it in the media. And we want, we want that to happen. Yeah, it's very much like Russia collusion, right? For two years, they sat, they, <laughs> they, set, a, they set a predicate and then they, they let the story burble. And then at some point, the evidence became a tipping point and they had to address it when the IG came out at the Justice Department. We're starting to see some of that. Uh, George has been the place where we have seen a really remarkable transformation in the story. We went from January on 60 Minutes where Brad Raffsenberger said there was no reason to doubt the election to now Brad Raffsenberger telling us, I want to fire and take uh, fire the Fulton County election officials in Atlanta and take over the election because things were so bad in November. And you know the body of evidence is now starting to crew. The House Speaker in Georgia called for a criminal investigation of vote counting in Fulton County. Do you see uh, when you go to your district, when you're talking to your constituents, you know, the Democrats say no one cares about this. This is just a right wing conspiracy. What do you see from your constituents about this issue of election integrity? Yeah, it's a huge issue. It's probably the number one issue that everyone brings up to me, obviously, because of what I went through with my 100 day counting right. of ballots. And actually, the judge, to his credit, who is a Democratic judge, which is why this is so important. This is, should not be a Democrat and Republican district. This Democratic elected judge, he's elected, who's in the same seat my dad held, who is my dad was a Supreme Court justice in New York in right. the same district, fifth judicial district. This guy actually took a long time, but he made sure that every legal vote was counted. And he tried to clear through the clutter of New York that was created all this chaos. And that's what concerns me is what there is chaos and it's deliberate. And it's in, the Democrats in areas like this that took advantage. And you mentioned Georgia, another swing state. Remember, 45 million in uh, so-called Zuckerman money or Zuckerbucks. Uh, Zuckerberg money went into Georgia. 31 million went into the general election, over almost 15 million into the special election. And they, you know, these grants were siphoned off and they were very, you know, the the fact that they're all changing their tune makes you wonder now that the facts are starting to come out and it's very hard to get them out. So kudos to you for trying to get these facts out. We want to make sure it's fair for every district, regardless of whether it's a Republican leaning district or a Democratic leaning district. Everyone in America should have, it, you know, faith in our elections. And that's something that we're, you know, the rest of the world looks at. I'll never forget the images of the United States and, you know, making sure that Iraq had free elections and they came out with their finger with the blue ink on it to prove right. they voted. You know, the Democrats are trying to get rid of voter ID, which is something very basic and, and trying to claim that that's somehow racist, which is absurd. And it's really an insult to minorities and people who, of course, everyone has access to an ID in this day and age. And so those types of things are really falling on deaf ears. And even Stacey Abrams, who, you know, complained that she really won Georgia when she, you know, back when it was OK to complain about elections, you know, now is saying, oh, I was never against voter ID. But, you know, voter ID could really be the game changer here. But yet the Democrats keep pushing their bill, H.R. 1, which bans voter ID. It makes it you know, impossible to ensure integrity. Yeah, it's remarkable. And, you know, the American people are are with 
you on this issue. 77% of Americans that we polled in a survey with Scott Rasmussen said that they support voter ID. That, and that included a majority of Democrats of every ethnic, racial, and age group you can imagine. So very super majority support that. And here's another interesting one. And I think it goes back to the experience you're having with your constituents. Scott uh, Rasmussen, my good friend, had a poll last week that said more than 70% of Americans didn't trust either the 2016, 2020, or both election results. Three quarters of Americans don't trust one or both of the last two election results. That's something we got to solve. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's the issue. Look at New York, the New York City primary for mayor. Yeah. I mean, if that doesn't tell you that New York election laws need to be fixed, uh, and, and this is a problem when you ha- they try to inter, inter, you know, create this ranked choice voting, yeah. which is actually in the state of Maine, but also 135,000 test ballots. Who does 135,000 test ballots? It's amazing. And, and they don't get results. And, and I direct your this is a really fascinating case. If you look at the state of New Hampshire, Bill Gardner, he is the secretary of state. He's been in that position. He's a Democrat. He's been in that position since 1976. Amazing. I was in high school yeah. and, uh, and I'm getting up there in age. But <laughs> Bill Gardner, the rules in New Hampshire, they don't have early voting. No. They don't have no excuse absentee voting. And they must have the results on Election Day. And they are announced election night. And they and they have you know, they have one of the highest turnouts, particularly among minorities in the state of New Hampshire, we know there's a lot of focus on New Hampshire because they're an early right. presidential primary state. But nonetheless, they have a huge turnout. So, you know, early voting and, and no excuse absentee voting doesn't make an impact uh, like the Democrats are claiming on, on no turnout. And, and Bill Gardner strongly opposes H.R. 1 and H.R. 4. He understands that H.R. 1 and H.R. 4, which is the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, which is one that would give all of our voting rights over to the Department of Justice to administer, right. which would be even a bigger debacle. Uh, he support he's against these and he knows that it's going to interfere with our state's rights to administer elections. And it, he knows that it will undermine the integrity of our elections. But, you know, I can't seem to get anyone to care on the Democratic side in the House and in the Senate. Every Democrat is supporting this uh, with, I think, the exception of maybe Benny Thompson. Right. Uh, from Mississippi, I think he's the only one who voted against it for other reasons, not because of what the, the provisions are. So this is a really dangerous legislation. And I think we get need to people to talk about it rationally because everyone wants to look at the shiny objects and, and a lot of the excitement. But while we're doing that and the media, some in the media and the Democrats want us to focus on some things, we need to focus on getting back to free, fair elections, transparent and what we need to do to protect them. And, and, and it worries me that everyone's getting focused on some of the histrionics of it as opposed to let, let's make sure this doesn't happen. We don't want the, my election to happen again and happen in every race where we had 101 days to determine the outcome or what's happened in New York City or what's happening in other states where you have a problem getting to the answer. We have solutions in the Election Integrity Caucus, and we're trying to get people on board to understand that we want to advise states and local governments on how we can fix this problem. Yeah, it seems so fixable, and yet there seems to be such a lack of common sense. That's why what you're doing with the House Election Integrity Caucus is so important. It's a nonpartisan approach. Just get common sense into these elections. I want to flip for a second. I know you're busy, and you're going to have to run in a second, but Cuba is this extraordinary moment. I look in my my lifetime, I think I've seen three moments, right? 1986, Romania, where the student revolution started, and Ronald Reagan embraced those on the ground, and they were able to begin the beginning of perestroika. And, the downfall of the Soviet Union. Then Barack Obama in 09, there was a green revolution on the ground in Iran. He didn't fully embrace it and it got crushed. 
now Cuba, this moment. And the question for us is, is Joe Biden going to take a Ronald Reagan approach or a Barack Obama approach? How do you gauge the um, uh, Biden administration's early uh, approach to Cuba and the extraordinary protests on the ground for freedom? Well, that is a perfect analogy. And that's, I hope that the Biden administration will will move away from what looks like the Barack Obama approach when we saw the Iranians uh, looking for peace and democracy. Uh, for, this this is, is a moment. We haven't had quite a moment like this, even in the past in Cuba, where we don't have a Soviet Union providing aid and comfort to the Castro regime, or in this, right. in, in this case, it's Raul Castro, who's, what, 90 years old, with a very weak legacy and with basically a puppet that's kind of running the government. We don't have a lot of, we need to act. We need to use our international resources and, and make sure that we put the pressure on the regime, that democracy lovers around the world are going to join with, the, with our administration, with our country to defend Cuba. I'm worried they're very weak and they're very slow out of the box right now, because if they don't start acting, you're going to see these p- people being continue to be jailed and to continue to end up in, uh, you know, in camps for as dissidents and potentially killed, which is what this regime is, a brutal d- regime, uh, and, and run by a 90 year old with basically, uh, you know, people uh, that are doing his bidding just because he is who he is. I'm very concerned that they're not doing enough. And I think we need to be really cracked down. This is our moment where Cuba does not have the unique background that it had in the past. And I think we need to do this. There's 90 miles from our, our southern coast. And it's just, it, it could be a great moment for Cuban people. Uh, I hope we seize on this. I'm worried the administration's not really acting in, in, a, in a, an aggressive enough way that they need to act. It's, they're very passive and they're projecting somewhat of a weakness in a neutral position as opposed to really being strong on, on freedom and democracy. Such an amazing moment to let pass. We shouldn't let this opportunity pass. And uh, in earlier generations, Americans embrace those who fought for freedom. And here's a moment. Last question, because in your delegation, you have a very bright, charismatic, young uh, congresswoman, um, AOC, who, uh, you know, clearly smart, clearly was well-educated, clearly very liberal. But she seems to have always embraced the, the Castro regime and socialism and communism and she's very emblematic of her generation, I think. And I'm just wondering, do you, when you look back, how did this young generation, this millennial generation, become so enamored with one of the greatest failed government uh, programs in history, socialism, communism? Uh, how did that happen and how do we reverse it? I just think they're not learning it in school. I think so much of the curriculum in schools, and I have a son who just turned 30, who thankfully is uh, was a student of history and loved to learn about American history, European awesome. history, world history. I think a lot of it, and he's serving now as a, as a Marine, actually. God bless uh, him. But I think, thank you. I, I, I just think that they haven't learned the history. I think often uh, we go from, we, we really, the school districts are, are focusing on erasing our founding history and the real importance of it. And we're seeing that now manifested in removing the Columbus statue, removing statues all around the, on the nation. Instead of learning from our history and building a better America, as we've done so much in our past, we're not doing that. And I and I and I think this is another huge moment in American history. You know, Lincoln, who is famous for for dealing with this real crisis that we had in the Civil War, you know, about whether we can be self-governing. That was the big issue for Lincoln. It was. And if you look at his, you know, can we be self-governing? And here we are again. Are we going to follow AOC and these people to have an authoritarian? type of regime like foul socialism, communism, which is basically the same thing. 
Or are we going to embrace the idea of self-governance, which is hard, but freedom is worth everything. And you're seeing it, you know, in Cuba and around the world. And I, I lived in Yugoslavia right after Tito died. So I know what it was like to live in a so-called socialist country. Right. They like to call themselves something else, even though they weren't part of, you know, the Soviet Union and, and Tito rejected the common form. He was still a communist dictator and he still had dissidents and he still put people in camps who didn't agree with Titoism. And also people who didn't agree with, uh, you know, with the Soviet Union either. But still, this type of censorship, you know, it, we're seeing in a, in sort of a soft way in our communities and in our in our country, you know, with the way that the big tech giants are cutting off uh, the former president of the United States, yeah. uh, people who speak out on free speech are getting cut off in these big all tactics you know, social of the media socialism. Uh, no and, doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, and I. Yeah. I see that. I don't understand why someone like AOC doesn't want to see that, but she's been awfully quiet lately. And uh, I'd love to see, I I actually saw her at an event last night with the New York delegation. Didn't have a chance to talk with her about it. I think she was a little shy about it, but you notice she's not, if she starts embracing the Cuban, the brutal Cuban regime, I think she's going to really put the Democrats uh, in a real difficult space uh, going forward and potentially into these midterm elections. But I mean, I hate to end on a political note there, but we are at a moment. Can we be self-governing? I look to our great President Lincoln, and we are at that moment again. Wow, that puts the stakes in extraordinary clear uh, terms. And um, Congresswoman, your family has, has been such an amazing group of public servants. Your dad, your son serving you. We're just so grateful that the Tenney family has given so much to our country. And we really applaud you for all that you do. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for being one of the few investigative journalism journalists out there in our world. We really need more of that. We need, uh, obviously, the, the press means a lot to me as a former newspaper sure. owner. And my grandfather, who founded our newspaper 75 years ago, uh, you know, it means a lot to me that we have people out there trying to tell the tra- truth, being the fourth estate, making sure that we have a a, uh, a population and, and civics learned. Uh, if we can't get it in schools, we've got to learn it through an honest media. So we appreciate what you Amen do. And it's an that. honor always to be oh, with you. So Thank you so much. Thank we you. look forward to having you back on the show soon. Thank you. Take care, Congresswoman. Thanks again. All right. Thank you. All right, folks. What a great interview. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be uh, here to wrap things up for the day. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. It's time to wrap up the show. You know what to do for the next few hours when we're not around. If you need a news fix, go to justthenews.com. We are so grateful every time you click on a story, every time you share or read or distribute a story. We are thankful here at Just the News. You're helping us inform the American public through your actions. We try to be honest brokers. We don't have a bias. We don't try to indoctrinate you. We just just try to give you facts and let you make up your own mind, whether it's about Hunter Biden or any of the other things that are going on. Very important that we try to keep neutral facts. You make up your mind. You make up your opinions. That's your job, not our job. Now, some of the other media companies don't do that, but we, we really want to 
let you make up your own mind. Just give you the information you need. That's what we do at justthenews.com. John Solomon reports. We've been broadcasting live today from the Freedom Phone Studios here in Washington. You know all about that. That's the phone that has been put into the marketplace by a young entrepreneur by the name of Eric Finman. It's designed to give you a phone that enhances your privacy and supports and embraces censorship-free apps. Not the apps that censor you like Twitter and but censorship-free apps like CloudHub, like Parler, like Getter, all the ones that you know about. They're very important. We all know the importance in embracing free speech and liberty in America at a time when some people aren't so fond of liberty, seem to be trying to restrain it. Eric Finman's phone is designed to celebrate freedom and to help you have free speech and enhance your privacy. It's worth a look. If you want to take advantage of our special offer that's being offered to all Just the News fans, all you got to do is go to freedomphone.com slash justnews. Let me give that to you one more time. Justthenews.com slash freedomphone. Real simple to remember. You can get a special offer, a discount only available to Just the News subscribers. Check it out. If you like the phone, if you like the principle, and you want to support this, concept well you know what you can do you can put some money down and when you do you'll be supporting our journalism as well as the important freedom phone work that's being done day in and day out in fact i think we're gonna have eric finman on the show pretty soon back again for a second time to tell us how sales are gone what are the critics saying what are the supporters saying what is the truth about the phone a really good opportunity to have a conversation with a very bright young man who's got a lot going on All right, that wraps it up for the day. May God bless you and God bless this incredible country of the United States, as he always has. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from justthenews.com.